Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us here on Bikes and Big Ideas on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm David Golay, the bike editor at Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Okay, so my guest this week on the show is Jess Blewett, who at just 19 has already done a whole lot in the mountain bike world, and her rise through it has been, frankly, meteoric because she only rode a mountain bike for the first time in 2018. And so we talk a whole bunch about how she has just gotten mountain biking to click and do so much in such a little time and how her earlier tenure as a very successful ski racer set her up for success in the mountain bike world. And along the way, we get into it a whole bunch about her breakout 2021 season where she raced a couple EWSs, appeared at Formation, and capped it all off with a top 10 finish at Downhill World Championships. Jess was kind enough to take the time to have this chat on Thursday afternoon right before the Bill Downhill World Cup, where unfortunately she crashed in qualifying and broke her collarbone. So we're wishing Jess all the best with that recovery and looking forward to seeing her back on the bike soon. And before we get into that chat, though, I do want to take a quick minute to encourage you to check out our Blister membership and all of the benefits that it offers, including access to our flash reviews and deep dives, discounts on a whole bunch of really good bike and ski gear, including wheels from We Are One and a whole bunch more, and perhaps most importantly, the ability to shoot us an email and chat about any gear decision that you're thinking about making, be it a new bike or parts or suspension tuning or whatever else you might be mulling over and i'll reply to you we'll chat about what you're thinking through and get you dialed so check out the blister membership via the link in the show notes and with that let's get right to my conversation with jess blewett well jess thanks for coming on great to have you here how are you today and where are you today yeah hey thank you for having me and uh yeah just uh did our track walk here at Fort William for the World Cup. So, yeah, feeling pretty good and, yeah, doing pretty good today. So, yeah. Oh, great to hear it. And pretty sweet to have you on so shortly before the race. We're recording this on Thursday, just a couple of days before race day. So, uh, pretty cool to kind of get a little insight on that. And we'll get into that in a bit more. But to sort of circle back to the beginning a little bit here, just kind of want to talk through your beginnings in mountain biking because uh you know you haven't really been riding a mountain bike for all that terribly long and have had quite a meteoric rise through the, the bike world despite that and uh so i gather you actually kind of started off more as a ski racer rather than a mountain biker so sort of take us through the early days for skiing and you and kind of how you got started there and then what happened to uh bring about this pivot to mountain biking that's obviously worked out pretty well yeah so i guess um I kind of grew up ski racing and I ski raced for about six years and it kind of got to the point where it was like you had to make that decision of like if this was something I wanted to make a career out of and for me I was kind of not too keen on chasing the winters and like sticking to it I guess it kind of came to its time for me and then it just happened to be that in the like off season of our um, like ski racing, uh, I like ended up going for like downhill ride with um, a mate up skyline in Queenstown and just like from there got pretty hooked on it. And the following year I like entered some national races and like won the whole 
round that year, like of juniors. And then I was like, all right, okay, this is something that I actually like could go ahead with. So yeah, it was quite the uh, switch up, but I guess a lot of stuff from ski racing went into the mountain biking. So it was kind of easy to jump from one to the other. What year would it have been that you did that first downhill ride and just quickly got hooked there? 2018, January 2018, I think it was. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) not a very long time ago, but yeah. Yeah. And I'd love to hear you expand a little bit more on that last point about how some stuff from ski racing sort of helped transition over because it's, it's not too hard to imagine some of the kind of mental preparation aspects and stuff would absolutely translate. But, you know, I'm a skier and a mountain biker. I don't think that the actual skill part of it really has too much carryover. I guess maybe some kind of familiarity and comfort going fast, but there's not that much overlap there. So yeah, just run us run through kind of what did and didn't translate there, I guess. Yeah, I guess, uh, well, we obviously go quite fast in ski racing. So like your downhill super G stuff, uh, it kind of like, I would say the speed and like picking your lines from like a technical side, like that kind of comes into mountain biking, even though mountain biking has like massive rocks and, you know, (laughs) tree roots and things. But in a way, like a lot of it was still picking your lines, like within ski racing, as simple as it sounds to like, just go around gates. It's still like somewhat technical. So um, of course, yeah, yeah, that kind of translated over. And then I also did like a little bit, of, well, I did like a year of park skiing. So like big jumps. Cause a lot of people always ask me, why am I so comfortable in the air? And I guess I think a little bit of that translated over just like hitting massive jumps and then hitting massive jumps on a bike now is somewhat similar in a way. But yeah, so I think, yeah, a few things kind of help out with the mountain biking side but yeah again not everything does i mean you're skiing on snow like that's flat and icy most of the time uh and then yeah mountain biking is just completely different just terrain wise so yeah (laughs) i think the the bit about picking lines is a really good thought too that just getting used to reading terrain even if it's different terrain at speed and processing it and all of that. I can totally imagine how there's some carry over there. So that, that totally checks yeah. out. <laughs> anyway, so then, okay. So yeah, it's 2018. You've just ridden a downhill bike for the first time and thought that was awesome. Had you done any mountain biking prior to that? Or was that really starting from square one at that stage? Uh, well, before I moved to Queenstown, so I used to live in Mount Monganui on the beach. So I was like fully into my water sports. Um, but I guess my family was already into like somewhat mountain biking. So uh, because we lived like 45 minutes from Rotorua, which is one of the other like super popular places for mountain biking in New Zealand, we like actually would go and ride like the kitty loop in the Redwoods. So I had like ridden a bike, but I wouldn't say that I was like really good at riding a bike. <laughs> Just had like some sort of experience with it, but nothing like downhill. But then, okay, so then you get us down the bike, you have that great time. You said the following year, so 2019, I guess, you're racing the national series and doing well. Sort of what 
do you think kind of made it all click so quickly? And what was that experience of just sort of coming into it so new like and being fast pretty much right out of the gate? Yeah, I mean, I don't really know. The first year I spent like in 2018, I definitely crashed a lot. And I think that in itself was like me finding my limit, but I don't really know. I don't know how I just, I just kind of picked it up quite easily and then was like, I've got to give the racing a go. And then I guess from there it was like, okay, like let's see how far I can get in this sort of thing. So, yeah. Fair enough. I I guess part of what I'm really interested in with that is just sort of what the learning curve was like, maybe not so much on the technical riding a bike side of it, but more just kind of learning your way through the bike world and navigating, you know, race series and all of the other kind of peripheral stuff that goes around it being so relatively new to mountain biking as a sport in general. How kind of anything that sticks out from that side of things or how did that all go? I guess, well, a lot of my mates that I grew up with at school kind of, well, from when I moved there, um, like everyone was like basically riding downhill. And then as soon as I got introduced, all of my mates kind of just showed me like, this is what you should do and like kind of what to do, I guess. So I was like lucky in that sense that my mates were also into it and like racing and a few of them had already gone and raced like world cups. So like, kind of gave me like an idea of what it's like, but I guess I had to just learn that myself and find that out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can imagine having some, some tutelage there and some people who learn the ropes a bit certainly helps. And then, so then kind of take us through 2020 then kind of your next, next season. What, uh, what were the next steps kind of, where'd you go from there? Uh, yeah. So 2020, well, actually 2019, I, for our national champs, I like crashed, uh, fit like couple, maybe can't actually remember exactly, but not far from the finish line. And I ended up finishing second by like point zero something. And so like, I didn't get national, like junior national champ that year. So I didn't go overseas in 2019, but I really could have, but it wasn't really on my mind at that point. Like I didn't actually know yet what I was doing with mountain biking, I guess. And then 2020, um, yeah, got junior national champ, like won all the rounds, but then COVID hit and it was kind of like a bit of a rough year. And so cycling New Zealand wouldn't enter us. So I never actually got to race my junior years, but I had planned to go and race, but yeah, just unfortunately never got to, so yeah no that was rough go in a whole lot of ways and where kind of in that time frame did it really start to click that you had this potential to go have an international racing career you know you've you're only a couple of years into really riding mountain bikes at all at this point and where in that time frame did it sort of hit that this was something that you could do and something that you wanted to do both i think definitely would have been 2020 just like ticking off like winning national rounds again and then winning national champs. And then I think for me, I just like found my flow within downhill. And I was like, actually, this is like something for me and I just really enjoyed it. So 
from there it was like yeah see what happens yeah <laughs> yeah exactly but it's just unfortunate that I never got to do juniors because I think for me like obviously my first two elite years now are almost like the two junior years that I missed out on doing so a little bit late to the scene but that's okay <laughs> yeah and then one of the other things I find really interesting is that 2021 year you know world's opening up at least a bit at this point and you kind of did a whole range of stuff in the mountain bike world you know you were racing some, some downhill world cups you were at formation raced a couple ews's was that sort of a deliberate plan to kind of dabble in a bunch of different disciplines and sort of figure out what you were most keen on doing or how did that come about and how did you decide to sort of do the little sampler pack there rather <laughs> yeah. than just focusing on downhill because that kind of been what you had been mostly doing to that stage uh yeah i guess for us again like 2021 um we weren't really sure if psych new zealand would enter us so it was a bit of a like gt kind of came to the party and we're like we'll enter you for some enduro races and i was like okay so i'll go do the ews circuit which for me was not my uh chosen discipline <laughs> so uh yeah, ended up like entering a heap of EWS races and then later on entered like a, we had like a NZ thing that was kind of created by like the parents so that we could like go around Cycling New Zealand. And I ended up entering that and then I could race downhill World Cups. So then I was entered for the World Cups and the Enduros and then the offer for formation came up as well and I was like, okay gonna take this opportunity as well and so in the end I kind of ended up kind of dabbling in all three but for me my uh key kind of focuses are definitely DH World Cup and like a little bit of my free ride too so yeah <laughs> okay yeah it makes sense that it would sort of have happened just a little bit opportunistically and you were kind of taking what opportunities came knocking at that point because it wasn't yeah pretty much yeah. and just before we get more into the downhill part of things, you kind of alluded to Enduro really not being your thing. What do you think didn't click about that or what's, yeah, what? why was that not your jam? Uh, I wouldn't say it's not my jam, just like, I guess I just never fully was like into the Enduro as much as I am with my downhill. Obviously, like what I get out of, the feeling I get out of downhill, I don't quite get out of Enduro, so... Yeah, that that's kind of the thing, but I would happily still race some Enduros. So, yeah, there's always that. I can always go back and do some Enduros, but, yeah, for now, this year is just, like, DH and some of my free ride stuff. So, yeah. And then what was formation like? Obviously, that's kind of a very different discipline and pretty different terrain than probably a lot of what you'd ridden up to that point. Yeah, Tell us about that experience of showing up out there and having to go at that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I guess I in Queenstown, we only have like Dream Track, which is the only big freeride jumps in that area. So totally different terrain and like hadn't actually run anything similar to what is in Utah and then kind of turned up there and was like oh wow okay this is like completely different but 
yeah, I guess your skills that you have from your World Cup stuff anyway for like riding a bike kind of where you need that from the desert. So it worked out in the end and yeah, wasn't too bad. Yeah. <laughs> but was yeah, super lucky to actually get invited to that and then ride and then kind of like all the opportunities kind of flowed from within that for like the rest of the year. Yeah. And going forward. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, certainly that did a bunch to put you on the map, I'm sure. How was it having to kind of figure out the digging and building side of formation too? Because you're, it's not just showing up to a pre-built track and having to ride it. You've got that whole kind of building a line and planning that out aspect to it as well. Was that something that you had much experience doing or was that pretty new and something you had to figure out on the fly? Yeah, I definitely didn't have a lot of experience with digging. I've done like a few like I wouldn't say like tracks but I definitely have gone digging with my brother like during lockdown in New Zealand like we did a little bit of that but like never anything like that so that was like my first full-on experience of building your line and then ride your line so uh and yeah it was pretty cool like pretty cool experience to spend three days digging your own line that you're gonna ride and then riding it and it working so yeah and i guess did it did it feel like something that you kind of would have done differently having had more experience and figured out a bit more on that like if you were to go back for another year what would you take away from that first go around and sort of try to do differently if anything or was, did it all kind of come together pretty well uh i would i would wear gloves from day one <laughs> yeah, I I thought I would try and run no gloves like on the tools for the first day and it uh yeah, it got me really bad. So that was one <laughs> rookie mistake, but so I would say next time I'll wear gloves from day 1 and then we'll be good. But other than that, I kind of just picked it up pretty easily and yeah, it was all good. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> solid pro tip there. Yeah. Wear gloves. <laughs> yeah. Wear gloves, yeah. Yeah file that one away okay so then moving back to kind of to the dh side of things for 2021 you now you know you're now traveling internationally and doing a bunch of racing had some pretty good results on the world cup circuit and and uh including at world champs also and uh yeah what was it sort of what was it like getting onto that scene for the first time as an elite and just having to kind of learn all of the again, sort of peripheral stuff, like all the travel logistics and learn, you know, everything that goes into putting together a race run beyond just riding your bike. How did that whole experience go? Yeah, I actually spent a lot of time doing logistics with my mom, who helped me out like quite a bit doing that. And I had like a massive folder of just like everything for the whole year, because like privateer is kind of like you're all by yourself pretty much, but um, yeah. And then I guess I turned up to my first World Cup and it was definitely intimidating. Like you kind of have no idea what's happening. Uh, and I guess, yeah, for that race, I went a bit too hard and didn't finish. And so from there, it kind of, I just like built on that and like what was, what went wrong at that race. And I slowly kind of figured out my like jam for the rest of the year. And then that was when 
I ended up getting like my two best results was once I'd kind of found like what works for me. But like the whole thing was just like, you have no idea what to do. Like you don't know where to go. Like you're kind of just asking everyone, what do I do? <laughs> like pretty much. But um, yeah, and I guess everyone's super pretty good with like helping you out. And then I was kind of lucky that GT actually ended up helping me out a lot more than I thought as like a privateer so a lot of people thought I was somewhat already on the team but I really wasn't just got a lot of help from them yeah okay yeah I can imagine yeah even if you're not weren't fully on the factory team at that stage just having a bit of support from them beyond what they typically get would help but I'd love to hear more about what you kind of you talked about figuring out what worked for you and your approach to putting a race run together and staying on the bike and all the rest but uh yeah i'd love to hear you go a little deeper on that kind of what more specifically you started changing about your approach to start really putting some good results together well i kind of just instead of going like 110 percent like for a run uh i ended up kind of not holding back but just going about 80 percent and like having fun like just imagining that I'm just going for a fun ride and like riding my bike really fast and somehow like ended up working for me and that approach I ended up getting I mean eighth at Maribor and eighth at world champs and so um yeah I guess it worked in the end but yeah this year we're uh, gonna see how that goes might amp it up a bit more <laughs> yeah okay so you, you kind of just mean like rather than heaping a ton of pressure on yourself to be absolutely fully pinned, just stepping back, taking it a little easier and yeah, pretty much yeah. not kind of, yeah, a little more relaxed approach. And yeah, I mean, that's certainly a super fine line to walk in a race yeah. run, right? You're, you're trying to balance going fast, obviously, but not, and not crashing. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's a <laughs> razor edge to walk for sure. And, uh, and so, okay, so now you're saying you think there's a bit more kind of dialing in that you can do to sort of push a little bit harder than maybe you were doing in those last couple, but keep it together still, you know, you're kind of, is that fair assessment? Yeah, I think, I think even now, just like having had a season under my belt, I already know a little bit more what to expect coming into this season. So in a way it's like good, but also you're still learning a lot as well. But for me, that approach is definitely going to be um, how I'd like to go forward, but there's definitely more to add to it, to dial it in properly. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, like you said, you'd had a couple of really good results later in the season. And then unfortunately it uh, came to a rather screeching halt with a really massive crash at the final race and snowshoe, which uh, resulted in, a really incredible laundry list of, of injuries, whole, whole lot of broken yeah. stuff. What kind of, what happened and what sort of, what were the early stages of that recovery like too? Because you're obviously super far away from home and in a bit of a rough way. And yeah, how'd things go from there? Yeah. Uh, oh, just into the track and it was kind of just my approach into the, corner before the uh I guess the triple that you'd come off or the takeoff into the jump 
and I was like slightly closer to the tree than I normally was and so it kind of like put me off balance a bit and I did like some weird compression out of the corner and then just like over the bars and straight to the bank and then did a pretty good job and yeah never do things in half jobs <laughs> but uh yeah and so it was just yeah I'd say the hardest part was being so far from home that like you're in a complete like unknown place like I was in the American hospital but I was super lucky that the hospital was just like everyone in the hospital was just so nice so it was like it wasn't a really bad experience it was actually kind of all good <laughs> um yeah and so I guess I spent two weeks in America like in the hospital had my two surgeries there as well and then I was flown by air ambulance to New Zealand and then I did four days in a hospital in Christchurch before I was then moved to MIQ where we do our quarantine for two weeks um but at that point I was like not mobile enough to actually like move around or like get anywhere so my mum actually came in and she was like taking care of me for those like it was like a week and a half-ish in MIQ and then was sent back off home and straight into like rehab and yeah pretty much spent a lot of time in the physio and the gym and it was like my second home in a way yeah <laughs> but um yeah it wasn't I definitely thought it was going to be a lot longer in terms of recovery or just rehab as well I mean I was back on a bike at like three months which kind of blew my mind and I was like wow I thought this was going to be like a really long process but yeah somehow yeah yeah I mean mine too like I remember you said I think on social media somewhere that right right around the time of the injury that you were expecting nine to 12 months for the femur to fully heal and uh yeah being back on a bike at three seems pretty nuts and well and then sort of to and when you say back on a bike you're talking i'm assuming just kind of pedaling around but not full gas on a dh bike yet i'm yeah. sure right <laughs> yeah well yeah i was i guess for me at first i thought with all the injuries that i have and in particular like your femur normally well for someone who's not a professional athlete normally you'd take the whole year to actually like recover but as a professional sports person I guess you have the like you have to come back to your sport but in a way because I'm young I also healed pretty well and fast I guess and so it was a like easier rehab and so I think that is kind of what helped get back so fast but yeah I mean I was yeah so I was back on a bike at three months and I was doing like some weird dip my toe to like get the pedal around but uh eventually it just like I guess went through and then ended up being able to just pedal the bike but it wasn't long after that I was actually back up riding like in the bike park just on cruisy trails <laughs> yeah but I had my physio who would uh sit behind me and every time I'd like hit a jump it was like no no stay on the ground like we're not leaving the ground <laughs> so yeah yeah it was a bit hard to get carried away sometimes but yeah and then you went ahead and won national dh champs 
in was it February, five ish months out from the injury? Yeah, about yeah, five I think it was like pretty bang on five months, if not just before five months. I think it was like four and a half ish. How? Yeah. And <laughs> kind of how were you feeling physically at that point? Like what percentage recovered would you say you were and yeah, my mind's just kind of blown by that one. That seems like such an absurdly quick turnaround on that. Yeah, definitely. Well, the week right before it, I literally walked into physio and he kind of just like looked at me and was like, are we going to have a chat about national champs? And I was like, actually, that's what I've come in here to like talk about. And so, um, yeah, my PT and my physio together both agreed that it was a lot smarter for me to like actually race a track that I know and to have like family and friends around to like support me rather than if I came to Europe and did my first race here, it'd just be like, it'd just be intimidating and like quite a lot of pressure on you. And I guess you don't know where you're at or like how you're going to perform. So for me, it was like, I was in a good place and I think, mentally i needed to do it to like know that okay i am at this level and i definitely wasn't at 100 percent. like fitness wise i still had a lot more to do and a lot more strength stuff to do but i was at a level that i could still race and then somehow won <laughs> so it blew my mind as well because i definitely didn't think i was going to um yeah and i think from there it kind of like pushed me and so the next I guess a couple months after that, before I hit it, came over here. It was just like that final push that I needed to do all the hard work afterwards. Yeah. But I guess, yeah, I just put in a lot of hard work before that as well. So it was. Oh, I'm sure. And th that makes a bunch of sense, actually, that sort of having that first race back being on your home track and in a bit more comfortable, lower pressure situation would be really helpful just mentally to kind of get back in the swing of things after the time off and the and the injuries you know it's both a, a battle to just get yourself strong and healthy after something like that but getting your head back in the right place to get after it takes some doing too and so no that's that's a good insight and checks out yeah i, I hear you on that yeah well you definitely yeah you you feel like you well you definitely go through some big ups and downs like just mentally and so it was like kind of good to just get that one done and know this is where I'm sitting at. So yeah, it was good. It was good to uh, do it, but super unexpected. So yeah, it was a bit of a rush to get everything together before that race. But yeah, and then yeah. Well, yeah, obviously worked out. And so now a couple months later here, we're in mid late May and except you're at Fort William getting ready for round two of the World Cup. How are you feeling at this point? You know, you've had some more time to get stronger and get kind of more back in the swing of things. Where would you say you're at recovery wise now? I definitely say I'm well, good to go. Like better. I'd like to say I'm better than I was last year coming into the season. So for me, that was kind of where I wanted to be at before I came back to do any races. But uh, yeah, I battled COVID like right before I left. And so that kind of knocked me back a bit. So still feeling some sort of, well, not sure yet, see how that goes. But uh, 
yeah, it was a bit unfortunate. It was like right in my build up before coming over here. But other than that, everything feels pretty sweet and yeah, I'm pretty ready to go racing and see how it goes. But yeah, like obviously I put a lot of pressure on myself to do well, but this one is really just about riding and finishing. So I'll be happy either way, <laughs> like how I go. So yeah, we'll see how the week goes and yeah, hopefully it goes good. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, glad to hear that you're feeling back at it and ready to go. How's everything looking up there? How's the track running? From what I saw of the weather, it looks like it's been less than ideal, we can yeah, say. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah kind of how's stuff looking up there? Well, the weather report says wind, which is not ideal. Uh, yeah, windy, wet, and rough. So that would be my three words to sum it up. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, I'm hoping the, I think the wind is the biggest problem because then you, the cable car or your Gondi, whatever you want to call it, uh, they close it if it's too windy. But um, yeah, although some people say that the track here is a lot better in the wet, but I don't know about that one. Well, uh, yeah. That sounds suspect to me, too. Yeah, I don't know about I don't that. Know. Supposedly, it's grippier, but I think coming from NZ, where it's just, like, dust all the time, I'm used to the, like, dusty, dry conditions. So, uh, yeah, but we're definitely not going to have those conditions this week. So, yeah, should we find them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I'm certainly looking forward to watching it and uh, excited to see some World Cup action back. Kind of been a long hiatus after first race so uh yeah super fired up to watch it really glad that you're gonna be in the start gate and feeling ready to go we'd love to hear a little more just about kind of your plans for rest of this season and going forward maybe a little longer term too you know like we talked about you've last year especially did kind of bunch of dabbling in free ride and enduro and a bunch of other stuff and you've alluded it downhill being the primary focus already but um what are you imagining or hoping that you'll do on the free ride side of things in the next one or two or however many years out you're kind of looking into the crystal ball on that one i guess for me well there's some exciting stuff hopefully happening this year but uh oh, i'm like oh, i don't want to say it but i should oh maybe i say it <laughs> you might have to cut this part out but uh <laughs> Yeah, I guess for me, um, obviously I missed formation this year. I had the choice between like a Red Bull performance camp or going to formation. And so this year I went with the performance camp just for like, I guess my racing goals. For me, it was like smarter to do that. And like, yeah, as, as hard as it was to like miss formation, it was probably a good decision. And so, yeah, hopefully I'll be back next year but I guess the ultimate goal is to see women in rampage so that's something I would love to do as well and then there's like a few other free ride events that kind of happen obviously there's like Audi 9s Proving Grounds uh there's like Fest Series uh Dark Fest um so kind of just like the whole lot I mean it's it's a bit hard though when you race like a full DH World Cup season trying to like fit in where you can actually do free ride events because most of the time they cross over but 
Um, yeah, I guess it just depends. But obviously, yeah, my focus being DH, I, the World Cups come first and um, that's where I'll go to. But yeah, uh, hopefully end of the season, uh, still waiting on confirmation, but trying to get into a free ride event. Um, well, it's race and free ride. I'll give that hint. But yeah, I would like to take part in it. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Well, good teaser. That's intriguing. And yeah, I mean, that's part of why I wanted to ask that is that, you know, there's only so many weekends in the calendar and it's not like you can do everything. And so kind of trying to balance racing with doing some other stuff on the side of it too's got to be hard, I'm sure. And sort of, you know, how does, how does it work with team and sponsorship stuff for that too? Like, obviously you're, you're on GT factory racing now and how are they responding to you being like, well, I want to race, but also, you know, got all this other stuff I want to do also. And, you know, as, as particularly given that you're on a team that is race focused, right? I would say I'm pretty lucky because I have heard, I don't know if it's actually true, but uh, some teams like under your contract you're actually not allowed to do any free ride events or like you can't do anything other than racing so i guess i'm in a lucky position where uh gt is like fully supportive of me continuing my free ride stuff as well as my racing and i guess they obviously well they obviously know that my priority is with racing the dh world cup so uh yeah i just can dabble into the free ride events where it fits or where it works and um yeah i yeah just super lucky that they're supportive of that and i mean they're all keen for formation and stuff but yeah and a few other stuff but yeah <laughs> yeah that's fine i don't need to go too deep on that if you don't want to spill the beans just <laughs> yeah. yet yeah. but certainly an intriguing teaser to see you know hear that you've got some stuff in the works there so looking forward to seeing what come next so, I mean, you've already talked on some of this, like, you know, you mentioned Rampage, especially as a potential goal for the future, but, you know, you're only, what, uh, 19, is that right? 19, yeah. And, you know, just getting started in the bike world in a way. Do you have any other longer term goals from, I don't know how, what kind of range you want to be talking about here, but, you know, you clearly got a super promising career ahead of you and uh you know beyond doing some more free ride stuff and having more of a go at the racing do you have any concrete places that you want to be in one or three or ten or what wh however many years it is or how do you look at that kind of stuff i think oh i'm definitely take it as it comes but obviously i have big goals for like world champion overall world cup winner podiums like that's the big goal um I guess going forward. So yeah, that's, that's the, those are the big goals. And then I guess, um, an event, the same event, I would like to do something within it for the girls or like create something out of it. So yeah, there's a lot there and very excited to, you know, see how things go and see what's next for you. So just a lot of potential on the table and, very, very much looking forward to seeing what comes next. Well, Jess, it's been awesome having you on and thanks for making the time for it with race coming right up here. So best of luck this weekend. Super excited to watch it and 
watch what comes next for you over the rest of the season and the years to come. It's been awesome. Really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. All right. That's it for this edition of Bikes and Big Ideas. And I want to say thanks to Jess for the conversation. And again, wish her all the best with her recovery from the broken collarbone. Thanks to Taylor Ahern for producing the episode. And thanks to you for listening. From all of us at Blister, please take good care of yourself and everybody else. And we'll talk to you again real soon. Bye, everybody.